Welcome to the Airman Helping Airman Podcast. I'm your host, Khalid Wright, CEO, Air Force Aid Society. Join me as we chat with extraordinary guests, share stories, and learn how amazing people are making a difference in the lives of so many Air Force and Space Force families. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Airman Helping Airman podcast. I am your host, Khalid Wright, the CEO of Air Force A Society. And today, as always, I have a very special guest. Her name is Mrs. Lacey Langford. And Lacey is a military spouse. She is a military brat, and she is an Air Force veteran. But Currently, she is the founder of Military Money Expert, the founder of Mill Money Con, which is a conference focused on bringing bringing together military and financial professionals. And she is the creator and host of the Military Money Show, her very own podcast. Lacey, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. If you can't tell, I'm really into the military and money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I appreciate that as someone who works for an organization that really is in military speak, we mostly get to military members right of bang, right? So after the thing has already happened, and I think the work that you're doing helps people maybe keep from making some of the mistakes that might land them in financial difficulty. So tell me how this started. So you were in the military, you grew up as a military brat. How did you get into talking about and being so passionate about money? Well, I grew up as an army brat. My dad was a military police officer. So I'm actually a third generation to to serve in my family. My grandfathers were both in. My siblings are on active duty. They're Air Force. So we're keeping... My dad, I was going to join the army. My dad was like, maybe you should just talk to the Air Force. And so I talked to the Air Force recruiter. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go Air Force. So, But that's a whole other story why I didn't go army. But So I joined the Air Force after high school. I knew that I wanted to work. I knew I also wanted to go to school, but I wasn't quite ready for that. I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I thought, why don't I go join the Air Force, get some experience in life, get some money for my education and kind of figure myself out, grow up a little bit, which I did a lot while I was on active duty. And then while I was on active duty, I met my husband who was at the time Air Force and he later took a commission and went Army. So that's a whole other story too, why he went Air Force <laughs> to Army. That's like number one question. Like, why would he do that? Well, he did. He did it. Look, I mean, the Air, or the Army had some openings for infantry. That's a big surprise. But And so I came off of active duty. I was going back to school while I was still serving and then finished up my degree. And I knew I wanted to be in finance. I was blessed enough to grow up in a family where I was taught to spend less money than I make and save. I'm not saying that I listened to my dad all the time, especially when I was young and enlisted. (laughs) I I think back all the time, like how things would be different if I just not gone out one more night, just stayed home and put that money in the bank. So I had those principles, but I didn't always listen to them. And I really wanted to take it to the next level. I wanted to learn how to invest and grow wealth. And that's why I went back to school. And then I rolled right into being a military spouse. I got married on my spring break. And it was really difficult to build a career as a financial professional, as a military spouse, especially to an infantry officer. Mm -hmm. Every other year he was gone. And the year he was home, half that year he was gone for training and whatnot. And so I got really frustrated one day and thought, I'm going to take control of my earning ability. I'm going to start my own business, even though I had no idea what I was doing. 
and I'm going to make a PCS-proof coaching business. And I'm going to take wherever the army is going to send us, whatever's going to happen with the military, I have control over this. And I can work around preschool hours. I can work around kindergarten hours. I can work around my family life deployments, those type of things. And, and so it really was leading up you know, my military experience, getting the, you know, my financial experience. And then military lifestyle kind of pushed me into a way that I, I didn't think I was going to go. But ultimately, that's kind of how I came to be an entrepreneurship is being a military spouse. Yeah. So let, let's go back to something that you mentioned. You mentioned that you were blessed enough to grow up in a family, a father that maybe that you said taught you about how to be fiscally responsible, financially responsible. What has been your experience? I know you did some volunteering before you started your business on base doing financial counseling, but what has been your experience with young military members and their experience growing up and their experience in dealing with money? Do you find that most people are like you or most people like me who had zero experience understanding money growing up and during my first years in the military? Mm, That's a tough question. I almost want to say it's 50-50. I do feel like there's a lot of people that weren't taught those lessons. And not that it was something obvious that sit down and this is how you use a checkbook, but that you're watching behavior. So unfortunately, a lot of people are watching bad financial behavior or behavior that could be done a little bit better. You know, I try not to pass judgment on people. We're all doing the best we can in the situation that we're currently in. And if you're in a household where it's normal for the power to be cut off, you grow up thinking that's okay. Yeah, sometimes your power just gets cut off. If my power got cut off, I'd be like, whoa, that is a huge problem. Like this is a crisis. And if you go into a marriage where somebody thinks it's normal to get your power cut off and then somebody is like, that's a huge problem for me. There's some disagreements that are going to happen there. So I do feel like a lot of people don't get those lessons. But on the other side, there are people that get the lessons, but maybe aren't confident with them. And I think that that can lead into more believing that there's people that don't know these concepts. I think there are some people that do know it, but maybe especially when it comes to investing or building wealth, those type of things, understanding what mutual fund is, what the funds are in the TSP, those type of things. Some people don't have the confidence. So I think it's close to 50-50. Yeah, yeah. You know, another thing that you mentioned is that you were you found yourself in a, in a situation and you decided to take your fate into your own hands and become an entrepreneur, make it PCS, PCS proof and really take your financial fate into your own hands. What would you say to those spouses out there who are like you, who desire to have careers, whether it's in finance or anything else, but because of the mobility of their military spouse, what advice would you give them for just going out, starting your own business, maybe failing a, a little bit, or what things helped you and what advice would you have for the spouse that finds themselves in the position that you were in? I think everybody in the military knows this, but I'm just going to say it. There will never be a perfect time for anything. There's never a perfect time to have a kid. There's never a perfect time to study for that promotion. There's never a perfect time for a PCS. Never, ever going to be a perfect time for starting a business. That's just the way it is. And you'll never have enough knowledge that you feel confident starting a business. So you just got to do it and make it work. You can make it perfect later. And I wish I had known that starting out. I wish I wouldn't have waited so long to be hemming and hauling about it, thinking about it instead of going for it. You are going to fail no matter... I mean, even if you start a whole new career path, you know, service members getting out, it's like, it's not going to go smooth when you get out. I can can tell you that right now. I'm not a fortune teller, but I've seen it over and over again. (laughs) It's it's not going to go great. There's going to be some bumps. 
but everybody kind of goes through that. And so if you kind of put blinders up and don't look at what other people are doing, be focused on your game, that's going to make it that much easier to accomplish the things that you want to. And I would say if you're thinking about even military spouses, entrepreneurship isn't for everybody. That's something also didn't know in the beginning how much work I was going to put into this. It's unreal behind the scenes what has to be done in order for people to see what they see. To see, oh, well, Lacey has a successful podcast or I have a conference. Well, Lacey's working 12, 15 hours sometimes to make that happen. Mm-hmm. I'm on the phone. I'm you know constantly being humbled and embarrassed and not confident what I'm doing. So everybody is going to kind of go through these things. So career or entrepreneurship, know that it's not going to be perfect. You have to go for it and figure it out, learn from the mistakes. But I would say before you start, is sit down and think about your no-goes. For me, you know, my family is number one. That's nothing that's going to be messed with. If my children need something, that's everything is going to stop and that's going to happen. And so thinking about those things, what's most important to you and looking at what you want to earn, being realistic. If I start a little business that's preschool hours, what can I earn during preschool hours? That's enough to maybe help towards a car payment. That's enough to help build up our savings to put more into an investment for our first home or something like that. So really doing some reflection, but limiting that and making sure that you're taking action and figuring out along the way. Yeah, I think that's really sound advice because it is scary starting a business, even starting a new career. So again, thanks for that. Tell me, so during your time when you were volunteering, doing this work on a volunteer basis, but even maybe more so now as a financial coach, what things are military members getting right and what things are are they struggling with from a financial perspective? Yes. I believe there's the majority are on one side or the other. On one side, you know, maybe in crisis, they're in debt, maybe getting their car repoed, just really struggling financially, living paycheck to paycheck. And then on the other side, there are people like, okay, I did what you said. I spent less than I made and I saved. Now I have all this money. What should I do with it? Mm-hmm. So not understanding how to invest and maybe put it in a place that meets the timeline for your goals. So if you're trying to save for a down payment for a house, where would you put that money in order to make sure that it's earning interest and working for you while you're waiting until you're going to buy that home? Mm -hmm. So understanding how to kind of make the most out of your money, I think is on the other side where people are struggling with. And the debt is a real thing. There's a lot of give and take that service members and spouses have to make. That It's like, all right, well, we just PCS'd. We don't have a second income coming in at this point. Yeah, we did put some more on the credit card. Well, that's a decision that you made, but you need to understand the ramifications of that decision. You need to make sure that you pay it off. You need to make sure you don't continue that habit Mm -hmm. because that's what you're going to start doing is developing a habit instead of, okay, we don't have a second income. We're going to drive Uber on the weekends or whatever it is to make sure that we still have cash coming in so we don't put anything on the credit card. So I think those are things that service members and spouses struggle with is to make sure that they're not going into debt because there are so many transitions and little things that add up that people are not tracking. For example, very simple, but curtains. Every time you PCS, you never know how many windows your house is going to have. <laughs> the Air Force, yeah. the Army, none of the branches are going to pay for your curtains. So you need to make sure that you have a little bit of money for transitioning house expenses. You're not going to want to hang out in your house if everybody in the neighborhood can see you in your PJs at night. And so it's like, okay, you are going to buy curtains. (laughs) And so, but those are little things that add up. And then also on a PCS, this is one that just always, always irked me is they put all of your yard 
items. They put a sticker on it, then throw it in the truck. Then you arrive most of the time in the summer. And then it's like, okay, I think we got everything here. Come the fall, you're like, where's my rake? Where is my rake? You didn't know that it was missing because you weren't looking for a rake in the summer. And so it's like, this is an expense. And it's these little things that start to add up that people aren't preparing for that can start to lead to debt. So I think that that's something that people really struggle with. And then on the other side, I see a lot of is, I don't understand the TSP. I don't understand what an IRA is, why military spouses should be using that for their retirement. Things like that is on the investment side. I think people have a basic understanding, but I do think it, you know, having confidence in the decisions that they're making. And again, goes back to that same advice. Everybody makes mistakes. Not everybody knows every single fund in the world. Like that's finance is a humbling profession. I'll be the first to tell you. (laughs) So from a resource standpoint, what about this notion? And when I was a chief master in the Air Force, I started to think about this and, and certainly now working for Air Force Aid Society. I often think like, man, our youngest service members just don't, we just don't pay them enough. You know, is that, how do you get around being financially responsible and doing all the right things and at the end of the day, still coming up short, especially if you live here in DC or in California, one of the high cost areas where COLA and the BAH base allowance for housing rates don't necessarily always equate to what, what it costs to live comfortably or in safe, safe, safe neighborhoods. Do you think, and I love your honest answer on this, do you think we don't pay our young service members enough? No. You were enlisted, right? Yep, I was enlisted. And no, I disagree with that. And there are so many, you know, there's no absolutes in anything. And so there's extenuating circumstances. Yeah, we're talking about people living in San Diego, the DC area, high cost of living. That's a different ballgame. Mm-hmm. And their housing, and that's the reason why the system is set up, is to pay people more when they're living in those areas. When we're talking about basic pay, allowances, I do think that if you took a service member doing their job with their education level and put them in the civilian world, when you stack it up with benefits, they often, the civilian makes less money than they do. And for example, if you are a crew chief and you get out of the military, you have to have an airframe and power plant license to perform that job function. Mm -hmm. And so if you didn't take the time to get that while you're on active duty you now are going to have to get trained up after you get out or you're not going to be making the income as an AMP licensed professional. And so you're not going to be making as much and you're, you're going to lose your allowances. So your BAH, your BAS, and all of those you're not paying taxes on. So that's a big shock for people. So when you stack everything up, if we're talking about your benefits, your allowances, taxes, and the pay, I will say, no, I don't think that... I think they're making pretty good money for their education level compared. And that's why so many veterans struggle when they get out is because it is like a punch in the stomach. If you don't realize you're going to be paying a lot more in taxes. Yeah, you may be making the equivalent salary, but you're going to be paying a heck of a lot more in taxes because your BAH and your BAS were never taxed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the other part is the deployment rotations. If you're used to the rotations, okay, every six months, every year, whatever, you know, branch of service, whatever the rotations are, I'm going to deploy. I'm going to get tax-free. We're going to get right. We're going to get out of debt. We're going to have all this extra money. We're going to get set pay. We're going to get square. And then they come back and don't change their habits. Mm -hmm. And then they go into debt again. And they're like, we're going to deploy again. We're going to get square. Well, when you get out, that rotation is no longer there. And so this fallback position is ripped out from underneath people. And so there's these little things that add up to 
give service members a lot more income than they're tracking. Yeah. So it's, I know that's a very long way of answering that question, but that's how I feel. <laughs> that's actually a really good answer. I, I definitely appreciate it. And I would add into it overseas assignments because I remember the first time I came back from overseas and I didn't have any cola in my paycheck and I was shocked. I was like, oh my God, I'm poor. I don't know what to do. <laughs> yes. yes, yes, it's a yeah. shock for people. Yeah. So tell me more about the Military Money Expert. What services do you provide and and how can people get in touch with you? And do you have a long waiting list of uh, clients? Tell me more. No, I actually only work on pro bono now for financial coaching clients. I okay. That's the whole business side of things. But I really like helping the military community, but I really struggle with charging service members and their families. And so I worked yeah. out a different way to earn income. So I work with brands and people sponsor me. If I say, this is what I'd like to do to help the military community Mm -hmm. and they support me in that, then that's wonderful and I can give back. So I have a limited number of hours that I do that, but people can find that on my website, LaceyLangford.com. But I also am heavily involved in Veterati. So I do a lot of mentorship calls on there. I have a set hours I do each month there so people can schedule an appointment with me. People talk to me about money. and A lot of people talk to me about entrepreneurship, getting out of the military. But on LaceyLingford.com, I write articles to help the community with money, talking about military spouses, using an IRA to save for their retirement, because you have to make sure that you're taking care of your financial future as well, even if you are married. Mm -hmm. Heaven forbid something happened to your spouse. Heaven forbid you get divorced. You need to be preparing for your financial future. Also explaining what the different funds in the TSP are in a way that I think people can understand. So I try to provide resources there to help people improve their finances to get confidence and control with it. And then also my podcast, The Military Money Show, I cover topics that help the community make, save, or invest money wisely. That's really what it comes down to is you've got to make some money, you got to save some money, and you've got to invest it for your future. Because right now in your earning years, you're earning income for two people, for yourself and your 84-year-old self. And if you're not putting away money for your 84-year-old self, if you think life sucks now, it's really going to suck at 84. And so um, making sure that you're saving for those two people is really important. Yeah. Wow. 84-year-old self. I like that. And I'm going to start tuning in to the Military Money Show because I want to continue learning and and growing as as well. So what about the conference? Tell me about your the conference. It's the first one that'll be coming up, I think, next month in April, right? Yes. Mill Money Con is what you call it? Yes. Where did this idea come from? How many people you got come in? Who you got? Tony Robbins. I mean, tell me more about Mill Money Gun. <laughs> I wish, I wish if you could talk to him. No, it kind of the same thing. It, I was out of frustration. I was getting really mad. I'm blessed to be in a position now where I get to connect with a lot of people and hear amazing things that they're doing. Also, the work that I've done to help service members with their money. I've sat on boards and people aren't coming together to talk about it within the military community. So every sometimes people call me and they're like, hey, I got this really great idea for help military people with money. I'm like, that's a wonderful idea, but somebody's already doing it. So maybe you should partner with that person. So it's trying to get people to talk and get connected, find resources. We can help more people. Rising tides lift all ships. So coming together, I think would be wonderful for that to learn the latest and greatest trends, problems, solutions. I feel like we should have been discussing buy now, pay later a lot earlier. And then also the frustration out of earning power. For me, it took a very long time to get to the position I'm at now with my earning power. And I really wish I would have known more ways to make money as a financial professional and get connected. Mm -hmm. And so that's a big push at this conference is to not only help veterans, service members getting out, if they want to come into this career field, 
earning potential or opportunities for them. Same thing with military spouses to say, hey, you can still be a financial professional and work part-time. You could be a paraplanner. You could be a freelance writer. So showing them these opportunities to make money. And then the other component is mentorship. Getting out of the military, if I had somebody break down and explain to me the whole financial professional playing field, would have been a lot easier for me to understand the position I want to play and the, the certifications, the education that I should go after in order to be in that position. So a mentorship is going to be a big part of this. Bringing everybody together, I think, would help others lift each other up. And then we can have a greater impact that way. We can help more service members that are serving on active duty in the Guard, the Reserves. We can help more military spouses be financially more independent and successful if everybody that has it's military professionals united by their service. So it's like if we are all giving back in that area, we're going to move a lot more to help the community by coming together. So that's what I'm doing. Yeah. And there's going to be lots of speakers on various topics. So talking about the their savings plan, talking about how to find a niche as a financial professional, talking about using social media for marketing, because that's wonderful if you want to be in entrepreneurship as a financial professional, but you got to make money at it. So understanding how to make money and get your name out there and marketing is going to be important. Also going to be podcasting. So another part of marketing, yeah. I'm at, there's going to be some podcasting sessions. I know that I'm kind of biased in that area, but um, so I think that's important. And yeah. then also yeah. key things for the military community, whether that's we're having a session on how to give financial advice and help to dual income spouses. So to understand people or dual service. So there's going to be a wide variety. And we just announced our opening keynote speaker, who is Alex Hopkins. She is a military spouse. She's an accredited financial counselor, a CFP. And she created a business called Simply Paraplanner. Mm -hmm. Same thing out of frustration of being a military spouse, wanting to have a career, but needing to, it, to work around military life. So I'm very excited to have her as the opening keynote. I think she's going to be very inspiring and give a lot of actionable and valuable information for the attendees. Yeah, this sounds like amazing event. So good luck, have fun, take take lots of pictures. Thank you. So I know you you were just talking about making a career, being a financial professional, certified financial planner, financial advisor, and you do most of your work, especially with military members, in terms of counseling and and advising pro bono. But from a military member standpoint, when do you advise at what kind of point in your life or financial career should you start thinking about paying for a CFP, paying for the right type of financial advice? Should you start at 19, 20 when you first join or should you wait until you're in your 30s where your stuff gets more a little bit more complicated? I mean, what just in general, you know, what are your thoughts on military members paying for good financial advice? I think, first of all, to each their own. But if I, if somebody came to me, I would say you should exhaust every free resource before you pay for it. There are so many amazing people that are financial professionals that service members can go to for free. Now, I'm not saying everybody's good. So it's like going to a doctor. It's a very trusted and intimate relationship. People are telling you some of the... Some things they never even said out loud. Like, I think I'm going to get divorced. I think my husband's cheating on me. I think I don't want to have another baby. I think I don't want to be a stay-at-home mom. Like they're telling you things that have a financial impact on their life that they've never thought about. So you want to trust that person. And often if you go to a PFC that's on your installation or you're going to Air Force Aid Society and you're talking to somebody, they might not resonate with you. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. The financial professional shouldn't take that personal. That's okay. The way you're speaking to somebody may not jive with them. So move on to the next person. There's all these free 
financial counselors and coaches on an installation that can help you. If you don't like any of them, you can go to Military One Source and you can meet with somebody that way. Also, some of the veteran programs. So there are many places that you can talk to somebody for free. And each of those people are going to have different levels of education and experience. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you might go to somebody that's a financial counselor and doesn't have a lot of experience in investments. They might be able to help you with a really killer budget. And then you go talk to somebody else about investing. So you have the ability to get all this free information from different perspectives, different levels of experience. You could talk with somebody that's a CFP, but also a tax specialist. And so I would say exhaust all of those people. But if you're getting to a level where you want personalized care that this person's always going to be there, because you might go to a GS employee that retires, or you might go to a PFC that's only on contract for six months, and then you're losing that person. So you may want to pay for somebody in that way. But I would say if you get to the point where you're not able to manage it well yourself is another time that you might want to seek out help. And with investments is really where it gets to maybe paying a fee-only financial planner to help you with that. But for coaching and counseling, I don't know that you need to pay for it. Yeah, no, that's that's really good advice. Uh, there are lots of resources that that are available for our service members, young young and old, to use. It's actually one of the... And, and, that, and we may... I may have my team from Air Force Aid Society reach out to you because we've thought for a couple of years about adding, you know, we have kind of three lines of effort, our emergency assistance that when folks get in financial distress, we also have a very robust scholarship program and then some community spouse employment workshops, childcare, things like that. We wanted to add a fourth line of effort, which is financial readiness education. And so we may reach out to you for some advice and get some of your thoughts on how we can, even if it's nothing else, but point some of our service members towards some of the resources that, that you just talked about and having folks like you that they can turn to and having folks like you that they can look up to and be inspired by, not just from the financial counseling and advising perspective, but all that you've done, all that you've been able to do for yourself as a veteran, as a spouse, as a military brat, and maybe most importantly, as an entrepreneur who just decided to, hey, I'm going to take my fate in my own hands. That's very, very inspiring. You know, I wonder if we could end with you giving, speaking to the military family out there who may be struggling financially and not quite, maybe two different families, right? The one that's struggling financially and can't quite pull it together with a couple of kids. And also, what would you say to the family that's doing really well, that's paid off all the debt? And I think, like you mentioned earlier, now they've got a bunch of excess cash and and don't know what to do with it. What would you say to those two different groups of people? I think for the families that are struggling is to know that it's just right now, it's not forever. Sometimes you get in the mentality that it can never be better. And that is not the case. I can assure you that it will get better. But how bad does it have to get for you to take action? What are you going to do about it is the next part. It's like you've got to find hope and then you have to do something about it. And it's as simple as reaching out to the Air Force Aid Society, mm -hmm. reaching out to a PFC, going to Military One Source, starting with your free resources because if you're struggling financially, you don't have the extra cash flow to pay anybody to help you. Mm -hmm. You need to use the free stuff first. And then you have to do it. Small changes will go a long way. So if it's just one thing, don't spend more than you make this month. That's all you got to do. You don't have to do anything crazy. Just if you could yeah. this month not go into any more debt, that would be wonderful. Mm -hmm. And that will start, okay, let's try that again next month. Awesome. We did it two months in a row. Now there's a lot more hope. So take these small steps and, and they'll lead to something great and amazing. And then you'll have a wonderful feeling of financial freedom that you're 
not struggling every month, that you're not fighting about money, that you're not scared about money. And then for the families that are doing really well is now you're ahead of the game. You have to make sure you stay ahead of it. What are you going to do for your 84-year-old self? How are you investing that money? Are you saving for a new vehicle so you can pay cash for it instead of financing another vehicle? Are you saving for a down payment on a home so you don't have to pay the funding fee for a VA loan? Are you saving for your children's education? Are you putting money into the thrift savings plan? Those things are really important is to, if you get ahead of the game, stay ahead of the game and then just keep going because you will have financial freedom and won't be beholden to anybody, especially while you're on active duty. You have a lot more choices as a veteran if you have financial freedom. If you're not in debt, you have the choice to follow a career path that may not make as much money as you used to, but you love it and you're thriving in it. So make sure... And the same thing for the spouses. Getting out of the military is a culture shock for the spouses as well. Having financial means makes it easier for military spouses to make that transition for their children, but also for their careers. Yeah, no, that's really good advice. And I definitely appreciate, like I mentioned earlier, not not just the advice and, and all the nuggets and knowledge that you've left with us today, but just all the work that you've done in this area, bringing both military members and financial professionals together. You have your own podcast, your own business, and then now you're breaking ground with the uh, Mill Money Con. And, and it's just, I think it's pretty amazing. And I appreciate you so much. I'd like to give you any last words that you may want to provide to our audience. I think that if you want change, if you want something different, you should do it. You know, it's, it's smart to think about things, but take action, start saving money, start investing, start your business, go join a group to get help. There's so many resources out there. I think you know, in the military community, we are super guilty of not asking for help. We're used to muscling it through and figuring out, going it alone. And the whole community is here to help you. So if you're active duty, there's a community to help you. If you're a veteran, there's a community to help you. If you're a military spouse, community to help you. There's a community for military brats. So reach out whatever you're interested in or need help with and start taking action. Start doing something different. If you want something different, you got to change. Wow. Wow. Good, good. Extremely good advice. So thanks again, Lacey. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Khalid, your host of the Airman Helping Airman podcast. And we had an extremely amazing guest with us today, Lacey Lankford. Uh, remember, she is a military brat, a military spouse, an Air Force, a proud Air Force veteran. And she is a financial professional, the founder of the Military Money Expert, her own business, the upcoming and the very first Mill Money Con, and she is the creator and host of the Military Money Show. And we will make sure that you have all of her social links for LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram and her website so that you can tune in and learn as much as you can from Lacey. So Lacey, once again, thank you so much for joining us. I so appreciate everything that you do in this space. This hits close to home for us here at Air Force Aid Society as we try to help people become financially stable. And I think with the work that that you're doing, hopefully it'll send us less clients that need the type of emergency assistance. But as always, we stand ready and willing to assist. So thanks again and good luck with the conference. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Airmen Helping Airmen. Brought to you by the Air Force Aid Society. To find out more about how we make a difference, visit AFAS.org. And then be sure to search for Airmen Helping 
in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else podcasts are found and click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of everyone at the Air Force Aid Society, thanks for listening and join us on social media. Thank you.